Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, episode 78, uh, episode 9 of season 3. I'm Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Weggspool. This is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on uh, Twitter and also on YouTube. So, Action, how was your Halloween weekend? Uh, did you get dressed up? Did you... Have you know like a Ferndale party over there? No, <laughs> none of that. It was very uneventful in Ferndale. I didn't see any trick or treaters out. In fact, I don't know if they had some sort of alternate thing going on in town, but we had zero oh. come by the house. So it was a quiet night. Gotcha. How about you? Big uh, Halloween plans on your side? Well, not a lot of Halloween plans, as I kind of mentioned before the podcast. I had a kind of a wild weekend, but um, in the end, and in having a wild visit here too uh, i have a friend in from out of town uh road tripper so it's been a wild few days uh, i had a little more to drink than i normally do but um, that's okay all good uh, looks like i'm gonna get my car back now which is nice um and i'm back in my home studio and although you're in your Asheville studio over there i can see that out of town that's right the hyatt place Asheville. we nice. picked up yesterday and took a little road trip here through the Smoky Mountains, did some hiking today, and nice. a little uh, bar hopping this afternoon, and some breweries here in town. So it's a cool place. It's a lot more built up than I expected. So. Yeah, I've heard really good things about Asheville. My old boss used to go there pretty much every year. He did a cycling trip in those mountains, and it's cool. supposed to be like an artist-type community, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of cool shops and stuff. Um, so that's great. That's awesome. Good part of the. I haven't been there myself, but I like that part of the country. Um, I will give you the Shockers update. Uh, we finished the season undefeated. We won our double header. Uh, we played the first team. Your cousin had a terrible first half again. Um, somehow we were able to overcome it. His first drive, pick six, that was exciting. And we were down 14 to nothing in that game quickly. But luckily we came back. And uh, good for me, uh, I had my first pick six in like 10 years, actually. Nice. With, you know, playing corner, you get a chance to return it to the house, and I, I got us. And we only won 33-22 in that first game, so that was a critical score. Um, in the How second game, how long was the return? Oh, like whatever, 15, 20 yards. Okay. It was only like first, first down or something, that's, you know. That's so something. Yeah, yeah. Got the, got the wheels going. In game two, your, your cousin was QB one was much more primed and played his normal level. I think. We scored every time we had the ball or something like that in the second second game. So maybe one pick. I know we oh, actually they had a pick of the two point conversion and ran it back, but I think we won the game like fifty six to fourteen or fifty six to sixteen or something. So. Wow, blowout city. Yeah, and unfortunately we don't play this weekend for <clears throat> our shock for faithful. They they have the turkey bowl this weekend and then they're gonna do the playoffs next week on the fourteenth. So got to wait this week. Hopefully I can. Still be standing after drinking five of the last seven days. I'm sure the weather will be beautiful in mid-November in Chicago. So. Oh yeah. Well, what's funny is it's 70 degrees here today. It would have been this weekend. It's gonna be 65. Next weekend will be at least 40. You know what I mean? So. Yep. What you gonna do? 
All right, well, on to the episode here. Let's give uh, a massive COVID update. Uh, not a lot of industry updates these days. It's just COVID stuff. We had two Bears offensive linemen test positive this week. Uh, that's great. We had Andy Dalton, and you know, he gets knocked out with concussion uh, with the Cowboys, and now he tests positive for COVID, so mm-hmm. he's not playing again. Um, <laughs> you've got Marlon Humphreys from the Ravens testing positive, and then you said six additional players on the COVID list. Is this only on the Ravens? Yeah, just Ravens, and they're all defensive players, I think. Uh, I mean, it was just the tracing covid list so there's potential that they could be back if they get a couple of negative tests but without a doubt they're going to be missing practice all week and i think it's going to impact not only the ravens but a number of other teams i heard today that the bears had several players that are impacted by um tracing as well so i think it's just become rampant not only in the nfl but all across the country obviously right i also read that there's four 49ers that aren't playing tonight unless yep. we're taping on Thursday because of COVID as well. And three are, three are wide receivers, so it's I don't know who they're going to throw to. So I was on, I'm on the Packers tonight. And, well, and, and two of the Packers running backs are not playing. Right. So, although I did see that Aaron Jones is active, so that'll be important well, for them. Yeah, it's been a crazy time. I mean, as you, you know, I don't know what it's like where you're at Nashville or in Chicago, they ended up shutting down the restaurants completely in the whole state uh you know they kind of scaled back you know bars bars were not open but they were you know shortened hours and now it's nobody in person anymore uh fyi there was some bootleg stuff going on last night Mm -hmm. i didn't attend but i know some other people (laughs) did um so you know these bars are taking their chances i think because otherwise they're gonna go out of business so yeah prohibition round two yeah, I know. Well, I was going to open a speakeasy here. I got enough booze over here for to run a little little side gig here, a little side action. Yeah. So, when you guys leave Asheville, come on by. I've got plenty of uh, you know, tequila and vodka and we'll be there. Oh, everything. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's go over the recap for week 8 in the NFL. Um by the numbers, uh, we first got home teams can't win. I don't know what the deal is. 10 road winners this week. Uh, ten and four road winners over home winners. Uh, it's the road road guys are winning big, and it's typically the road dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Also favorites. You know, four favorites win. Dogs ten, ten to four. I don't understand what's going on in this in this league action. We we talked a little bit early in the season if this would impact home field advantage. I think we can say that it does, right? Yeah. It seems like anyway. definitely. Because uh, it doesn't matter what you play. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you had some short road favorites and underdogs winning the Colts at the Lions, the Raiders at the Browns come to mind, the Vikings with a road win at Green Bay, which was remarkable. And uh, it was certainly a wild weekend throughout that carried through into Sunday evening. Right. And then the overs and unders were split. So it's kind of interesting. So we're kind of getting this trend. I don't know if it's a trend or whatever that, you know, road teams have typically are winning a lot. Underdogs are dominating, um, you know, on the season. And then, but the over and under split is pretty getting to normal, or at least, at least it has been the last three or four weeks. Um, I don't know if you've taken advantage of that now, action, but uh, we, we've tried in the contest, but not 100%. Yeah, I haven't been able to nail down any totals here and there. I think that uh, it's been subpar effort for me so far this year. So try to stick right. to the size as much as I can. Yeah, especially with the underdogs. 
So um, let's go over some positives this week. Uh, I've got the Vikings running game. You know, Dalvin Cook, maybe it's a difference. He comes back and just crushes Green Bay. He personally accounted for 163 yards on the ground, and there's 63 in the air. That's 226 yards if you're counting at home. And how many touchdowns? Four touchdowns in that game, all all four touchdowns for the Vikings. And they won 28-22 at Green Bay. We were kind of surprised at that result. But more importantly, I mean, I don't know if it's a mark on the Packers' D or just that Dalvin Cook was a man possessed. Yeah, I'm remiss because I've been trying to fade the Packers' defense, terrible defense, all season long. And for the one week that I don't bet against them, of course, the Vikings come through and win straight up. And this Packers defense is just terrible. 27th against the run, Wags, and 23rd against the pass for an average of 28th, according to DVOA. So uh, definitely not a formidable foe. And I think it's going to be an interesting game tonight with mm-hmm. all of the Niners missing parts to see if if they'll go onto the road. Remember last year they went to San Francisco and got torched twice. So it'll be interesting they to did. see what happens. Yeah, originally going into that game, I was all over the 49ers, and maybe I should be at the number. We could talk mm-hmm. more about that in a minute, even though it's taping live here. You know, it's going to be a when you guys listen tomorrow, it'll be over. But <laughs> I mean, it it started off as like two and a half, and now it's up to like six and a half, seven. So it may still be okay to be on the 49ers there. I don't know about outright winning though. Yeah. The other uh, positive I put down was your Colts. Um, you know, we were kind of on the opposite sides here in this game, but the Colts' run defense is legit. Um, they came, they've, they've been really good all season. They did get Darius Leonard back, and it may have showed only 29 yards on the ground for that Lions run attack, who did really well the week before, and they were able to kill the Lions 41 to 21 in that game. Yeah, the Colts' run defense and defense in general was impressive in that game. They really held the Lions attack down. And on the flip side, I was rather disappointed in Matthew Stafford's performance. That pick six was just a backbreaker. And I, I'm sure you probably recall I had money on the Lions. And as soon as that happened, I knew it was over. And you mentioned it as well. I think Darius Leonard is the key to that defense. They're now undefeated against the spread when he plays. So mm. um, certainly a key moving forward and will be a very important piece going against the Ravens run game this week. Okay, good to know. On the negative side, several. We have several negatives here. Uh, let's start it off with the Chargers, which you put down there. Man, they blow another 17-point lead. I mean, is this Anthony Lynn? Is this Justin Herbert? I mean, what is the problem with this team? It has to be coaching. I can't put anything else behind this. Justin Herbert was awesome. Again, he's yeah. been quite the rookie sensation. 278 mm-hmm. passing yards and three touchdowns. But they just got a little bit conservative in the second half, and they sat back in some prevent defenses, and Drew Locke and the Broncos took advantage. Uh, This one was a serious loss for the Chargers' psyche, and you saw already they traded away one of their best cornerbacks in the middle of the week, so it's a sign that they know they're not going to be competing this season. Well, you know, to me, I marked it's the third game that this has happened. Um, they're a talented de- team. I, I don't see Anthony Lynn making it out of, you know, whatever they call it, Black Monday. Is that what it is? The, mm-hmm. the Monday after the season. You know, it's it's. I'm sure he's a wonderful man, and he's probably a good position coach, or maybe he's even a good coordinator. But he, I just think he doesn't know how to command the in-game troops because we've seen this. They usually, when it was another close loss, because this is because they came back from behind. They always lose these short, these close games. 
But this is, I mean, the third game in a row, they just light it up and they're killing the team. All they got to do is basically pound the ball and get some three and out or, you know, get some, get, get off the field on defense. And this game's in this game's over, but can't do it. Uh, I wonder if the offensive coordinator, you know, in the second half just gets too conservative too. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I think that was part of it as well. Definitely. Another one I wrote down, Jared Goff. Oof. Now we actually were all over this in, in the contest. We picked the dolphins, uh, you know, you know, they should have picked the money line in this game personally, but my God, four first half turnovers for Goff on the road. He was not ready to play. Uh, they lose 28 to 17, but really it wasn't the Dolphins' offense per se. It was just they had so many great opportunities. And uh, as you put down, the Rams dominated the box score, but you can't turn the ball over that much. Yeah, this was a really weird game because Goff clearly had his head up his ass. I think I texted you in the yep. first half. It looks like we picked against the right Goff this week. And sure enough, That's four right. turnovers later and a punt return touchdown. And the Dolphins were up by 18 points at halftime. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of things I took away, 471 yards to the Rams, obviously is a little bit misleading because they were in catch-up mode throughout the entire game. Yeah. I was still impressive, impressed by that Dolphins pass rush. They got mm-hmm. some pretty good pressure on Goff, and as we've talked about before, that's the key to beating the Rams. Those turnovers were the resolution of that, and uh, I was impressed with the Dolphins' defense, regardless of the box score. Okay, we'll talk about them today. They're in play for me this week, uh, at least, I think. Um, so the next one is the Titans defense. I mean, good God. Now, we I, we kind of – I alluded to this last week that the Bengals are a covering machine, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Burrow knows how to move this offense, you know, five yards at a time. It's just a little dink and dunk offense. But more importantly, the Titans just didn't come out ready to play. Now, we've also seen the Bengals jump on teams, not unlike the Chargers and blow leads late. But – this is really uh, this Titans defense is showing its wor- its warts. Yeah, yeah, I was supremely disappointed in the pass rush with four missing offensive linemen for the Bengals. I thought for sure that mm-hmm. the Titans D line would get some pressure on Burrow, and that just never happened. Uh, 249 yards and two touchdowns later, I don't think they even got a hand on Burrow during that game, and right. uh, the Titans defense is now dropped 31st ranked in pass. Uh, rushing defense so um, just not a very good performance by that unit at all and I mean I must say though the trade for Desmond King may change things a little bit he is certainly a lockdown sure. corner and uh, should help the defense right last one I mean this is just kind of kicking them when they're down the Cowboys stink uh, this just in the Cowboys stink my um, future ticket for them winning the Super Bowl is in flames uh, this team yeah. sucks they lost 20-9. It looked like they were going to cover at this t- at this in this point, but your guy uh, Ben DiNucci did not get it done for the uh, the boys. Man, that was just <laughs> I, it was it made my eyes burn trying to watch that game. I admittedly had money on the Cowboys first half, no first quarter, first half, mm-hmm. and full game. And uh, Ben DiNucci burned me twice with those red zone turnovers. Well, the first one was in the red zone. And then the one in the third or fourth quarter we have to talk about where he fumbled midfield and the Eagles lineman was clearly down with the football and it squirts mm-hmm. out and kicks 20 yards behind him and the Eagles pick it up to run it back. And that was the covering touchdown. It was uh, yeah. very traumatic. It lasted for more than one day. 
<laughs> that's a bad beat for sure. But really, I mean, and and it's you know who the Eagles are going to win the division. I'm pretty sure we're, we could say. Well, actually, I shouldn't say I that. I wouldn't count but, out the Redskins. Was, Washington could do it. You I'm know, sorry, Washington yeah. could do it. Washington that's okay. football team. They're still the Redskins in my heart. But um, <laughs> but you know the thing is, is that Wentz played like crap in this game. He had a bunch of turnovers too. Uh, maybe the Cowboys defense played a little bit better. I think they play a little better than they have in other weeks. But I mean, dude, like nobody wants to win this damn division. It's mm-hmm. still crazy. Uh, it is. And we'll find out. Let's review the injuries for the week. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo out again. Uh, George Kittle. This is obviously in tonight's action. Dalton we mentioned for COVID. You've got Ronnie Stanley out for the season for the Ravens. That's a big. That's a big news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the most impactful on this list is definitely Ronnie Stanley. He's the protector of Lamar Jackson's blind side, and he's going to be a huge loss for that offensive line. Yeah, we didn't review that game, but that was an epic game between the Steelers and the Ravens. The Steelers did cover for us. It was a little bit of a nail biter, um, at least early in the game, because the Ravens came out strong. Steelers had a really good second half and won that game uh, outright, and obviously got our got our cover for the contest. You know, but I guess with Stanley going out, that probably made an impact late late in that game for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I think I wanted to talk about that one too. I think it was a little misleading. We definitely got the cover, but the Ravens absolutely dominated that box score as well. 457 yards to 221, and they still ran for 265 yards despite losing. I think it was really the turnovers by Jackson that was the difference. Right. No, I know. I saw that. You know, we obviously earmarked the Steelers' defense against, you know, especially the run defense against the Ravens. That didn't really hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were turnovers again. Turnovers are key to the game, and uh, you know, that's what happened with Lamar Jackson. You've already mentioned this uh, Desmond King uh, you know, trade from Chargers to the Titans. But also Quan Alexander, uh, that's kind of an interesting move to me because the 49ers aren't out of it, um, but they going from the Niners to the Saints, that's, you know, that should bolster the Saints defense, which has been struggling this year. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit interesting to see that the Niners trading away one of their best defensive players when Quan Alexander and uh, certainly doesn't feel like they're out of it, but it might give you a little bit more indication about how long-term some of these injuries might be on the offensive side of the ball. Right. Last note you have, it's, you know, it, the uh, Minshew era, I guess it's over for the, for, the, for the time being. You've got rookie Jake Luton. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Luton? <laughs> Luton? The rookie from Oregon State. Um, <laughs> not going to – not. Not going to last very long, that's for sure. <laughs> well, all I know is they love their uh, Pacific Northwest quarterbacks here, um, going from Washington State to Oregon State now. So we'll see what happens. That obviously will affect uh, that game when they play Houston this week in our previews. That's what they call a transition action. <laughs> the Week 9 previews are upon us. We've already talked a little bit about the game that's going on now. We won't touch too much on it. Just that Green Bay opened up as more like a pick and then floated all the way up to six and a half. Um, you know, so that's an interesting line move. Probably not warranted, but um, you'll you'll find out the results when you when you listen to this. Yep, definitely dog or pass. I just can't. I for one can't see Green Bay going into San Francisco and just lighting the world on fire, especially after last season. But we shall right. see. We'll see. 
Okay, well, let's jump into this one. This is an interesting game. Uh, the Bears are going to Tennessee. Tennessee's lost two straight. Uh, the Bears looked terrible against the Rams and played really well against the Saints. Uh, they, the Titans opened as a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The total uh, is was 46, and that's basically about where it's at now in the contest. It's five-and-a-half and 46-and-a-half. So, you know, it's interesting. Is that the, that's is that the circle line? It's five and a half. Six and oh, no, a half. I'm sorry, I read the wrong yeah. line. Six yeah, and a half. Middle. Okay, that's what I thought when I saw the, the circle line. I was telling my dad. My dad actually asked me some questions about football. It's nice. awesome. We talk about football all the time. But he's asking me some picks. I'm like, I'll send you the podcast again, Dad. You can, you can, <laughs> you know, you can subscribe at any time. It's only been the you know a third season. He could so, be our um, eighth listener. Exactly right, right, exactly. Our eighth listener on YouTube, right? But I would say when I first saw the number at five, five and a half, I was like, ah, you know, maybe Tennessee there. You know, I mean, the Bears have played pretty good D. Six and a half. I, I kind of like the Bears now. What do you mm-hmm. think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, they're definitely the side I would look to in this game. I don't think that you could talk me into the Titans. That's for sure. But the uh, the concern I have is just the offensive line. They've, Two tackles, I think, are down, and even the, yeah. the backup tackle at, on the left side is going to be out too. So now they're down to a third-string tackle on one side, and I, yeah, I just true. I don't think that uh, Foles is going to have time to really throw the football. Not that Tennessee has any sort of pass rush. I mean, we just <laughs> talked about that earlier, but it's still right. the NFL, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to do much in the air against the Titans. That's my one concern. And the Bears' run defense is pretty good, though, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I certainly think that they're going to have success locking down Derrick Henry, and we know how good mm-hmm. their pass defense is. So right. I, I certainly think they'll be able to have some success against that Titans offense. It's the other side that gives me some concern about the Bears being able to score. Score, right. Okay, good to know. All right, this is an interesting one with your your homer pick. Are you off the Lions again? Because every week you tell me the Lions. Now, last week they, they, they failed you, but um, – the Lions are going to Minnesota this time. Minnesota open as a two-point favorite at home, total being 56. It's all the way up to four and a half in the circuit contest. Uh, 53 is roughly the total. Interesting situation action. According to the index, they'd be all over your, your Detroit Lions. But do you think that Minnesota has turned the corner after the bye to, to play a better? And we expected this team to be pretty good in the preseason. They sucked early. They got Dalvin Cook back. So one o'clock start at home. Mm-hmm. Should, this should be a Minnesota game, right? Yeah, I for one think that I should probably cool my jets on the Lions <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> they you got have just... Patricia, like you got to get them on speed dial. Yeah, I don't know, man. They just were so disappointing last week, and I know in the NFL you can't play a base off of one week performance, but. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford really disappointed me. And we didn't touch on this in the earlier segment. He's been placed on the COVID list for contact tracing. So he may not even play this week. And I can't tell you, for one, who the backup is for the Detroit Lions. So uh, I certainly think that Minnesota could be worth a look here. Um, the Detroit run defense is pedestrian, middle of the pack. looks here uh, 16th ranked. So, but you, you mentioned that earlier. Dalvin Cook is a man possessed right now, and I don't think that we would want to get in front of him. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Well, maybe it's a stay away. I mean, I definitely when when the number first came out, four and a, you know, four and a half, I thought it was kind of high, but you know, 
they just yeah they're flipping the switch so i think they're mm-hmm. gonna have a good second half of the season next game uh the giants are going to to washington your washington football team and uh they opened as a three and a half point favorite four, 41 and a half total and now it's on a two and a half in the contest but the same total I mean, here's the thing. The Giants actually have been playing decent defense. I know it's mm-hmm. kind of weird to say that. Um, they've been playing close games, according to when I watched the television, especially against the Bucs, who were our pick. But I'm on the Redskins here, man. Aren't they They're better than this Giants team, right? Yeah, man, I don't know. I, I actually, full disclosure, I grabbed the Washington, or I'm sorry, the Giants side at three and a half on the open. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure. I think the Giants, I've been impressed with how the Giants have been playing hard the last couple of weeks. This is a team that certainly could have packed it in after the sure. injury to Saquon Barkley. And they're so showing some heart for Joe Judge. And yeah. uh, despite Daniel Jones turning the ball over a ridiculous amount, they're still <laughs> staying in games. And uh, I think that was an impressive cover against the Bucks on Monday. He also can't hit a deep ball if you watch the Monday night game. He had guys open all over the field, can't hit the deep ball. They probably could have won that game easily, actually, if they hit two or three of those. Um, it's okay. So right now you're – I mean, the number doesn't intrigue you, the two-and-a-half versus – I mean, three-and-a-half makes sense for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two-and-a-half two is a good number. It is, it is a totally different story. I certainly agree with that. I think the question is, do you think that the um, – the Redskins will be able to protect Kyle Allen and keep him upright because he is one that can turn the ball over just as easily as Dan, Daniel Jones and certainly has a little bit of a fumble problem. And do, I mean, baby do you think that the Washington team will be able to move the football on the Giants D? I'm trying to think. These guys haven't played yet, right? Um, I don't believe so. I think so. You know, this is uh. This is live taping. Good preparation, Wags. <laughs> I don't think know they the have. Answer. I don't think they have either. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I guess I'm higher on the Redskins than most now. It seems like the switch to Kyle Allen has helped, uh, at least in a couple of instances. And Rivera is not going to throw in the towel in his first season. And they have a chance at this division. So it's a huge game at home. Uh, I don't know. That's my. That's kind of a narrative approach. Actually, they did play week six. That was the game where Rivera went for two at the end and missed, and they lost twenty to nineteen at uh, MetLife. <laughs> right, right. Great idea. Great idea, Ronnie. So this was this is the Giants' lone victory on this season. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, let's just we'll keep it in the mix, I guess. All right. Maybe. Um, next one, Carolina, and your, your Teddy Bridgewater narrative we'll talk about in a minute, goes to Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City's a 10-point or opened as a 10-point favorite and an, a 49-point total. In the contest, it's 10.5, and, and it's a 53-point total, so that's ticked up. Obviously, Kansas City's awesome. We know that. They they covered again last week. Um, Maybe they won't cover here. You, you gave me the narrative two weeks ago about Teddy Bridgewater, and he hasn't covered two weeks in a row now, yeah. so it's going against you. Uh, the number's decent, 10.5, at least for a team like Carolina, but, I mean, the Chiefs are balling right now, and they're playing the level that we saw at the end of last year. I don't want to get in front of the Chiefs. Yeah. 
I agree with that. Uh, I, I certainly don't think that I want to take Carolina in this position. They have been very disappointing, and Teddy himself has been disappointing. Yep. If you recall, last week they were actually favored on that Thursday night tilt against Atlanta, yes, but failed to win the game. The only thing that scares me about playing the Chiefs is uh, this is a team that really needs to be motivated. They, they're kind yeah. of a flip-the-switch team. And we've played them in these spots twice already this season and lost with mm-hmm. big numbers. And uh, the next week, next week they play the Raiders again, which is that revenge oh, spot okay. in Las Vegas. Yeah. And so I fear they may be looking ahead a little bit, um, plotting their revenge against the Raiders. And I'm not sure that they'll be motivated to cover this number. They they certainly could. There's no doubt about it. But I'm not right. sure it, it's a uh, 55% plus spot. I got you. Good call. Good call. Well, let's talk about this one. Uh, Houston is going to be going to Jacksonville. Uh, Houston is uh, open up as a four-point favorite on the road, 55.5 point total. It's gone up to 6.5 in the contest, probably with this change away from Minshew uh, Mania. And uh, it's a 50.5 point total, so it's dropped with this new quarterback at the helm. <laughs> For good reason. Um, yeah, exactly. But, you know, Houston... They're no great team either. They stink too. I mean, these are these are two bad football teams. I do think Houston's a better team. Six and a half points on a road. Wow. I mean, I don't know. I can't. I, I don't know. It's kind of a stay away spot. I guess is what I'm saying. Yep. I I think we should just pass this game straight up. I have no interest in playing it on either side. Okay. Didn't happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's go to uh, the next one. Denver and Atlanta. Denver is open as a four-point favorite at home, 47-point total. In the contest, it stayed there at four, at four for Atlanta and a 50-point total. I'm on Atlanta in this spot. Action. I don't know why. I know that you probably hate me because we've taken Atlanta a couple times. And, uh, you know, their, their defense lets up late. But they seem to be playing a little bit better. They played great at Carolina. Uh, and in the index, they're a much better team than Denver. Now, with that said... Drew Locke was out for several weeks. He mm-hmm. played great in the second half. He, they weren't good in the first half of that game. Second half, he played great. So maybe that makes a case for Denver. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think this is a tough number for the Atlanta Falcons to lay at yeah. home against Denver. I think this I think it's a little inflated, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure that Atlanta is one and a half, well, I guess two points better if you give them two for home field. I guess, sure. but uh, it's really the defense. I think, I mean, they have been giving up loads and loads of yards prior to last week. Obviously, they shut down Teddy and Carolina a little bit, but um, they're giving up 6.6 yards per play on defense, and I think that the Denver Broncos team is, is an offense that's capable of taking advantage of that and uh, keeping this game score for score. I do like the total going over a little bit, but I would probably lean to the Broncos personally. Okay, we're split on that one. We'll, uh, I mean, I don't love the number. Four is a tough number, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I love this Broncos team. Okay, so now we've got Seattle and Buffalo. Seattle opened as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, 55-and-a-half-point total. Now they're a three-point favorite on the road, uh, the same total. It's interesting. You know, metrically, the Seattle, Seattle's bedeviling it. Seattle is the Dallas Cowboys of last year, aren't they? They are a great offense and a terrible defense. And even though they won, you know, they they covered last week against San Francisco for us, 
you know, Buffalo is kind of the same. Their defense isn't that good this year on the road. And I don't know, it's a tough spot um, for Seattle. I don't know. What do you think? Well, first of all, talk about the schedule situation. It's a very tough spot. They played a a division game against San Francisco last week following the loss to Arizona. And now Mm -hmm. they have to travel all the way east against Buffalo. And then next week they have another huge division game at the L.A. Rams. So Mm -hmm. if there was ever a letdown spot sandwiched between two huge division games, this is it. And, you know, we were on them last week. We got a nice cover with the Seahawks. But... This defense is one that I'm certainly interested in fading, and I think that Buffalo is an offense that's capable of taking advantage of that. We have talked in and out about how Josh Allen had an MVP start to the season, and this Buffalo offense can really throw it all over the field. So I like Buffalo in the underdog role here. Yeah, they switched over to Zach Moss, it looks like, in the backfield. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a pure runner. I mean, Singletary's a nice guy in the backfield, but... Um, Moss got two touchdowns last week. He was pretty impressive. The Seattle defense, I mean, they, you know, Diggs can, can beat the Seattle secondary. So, you know, is that total too high, though, 55.5, or is that right on? No, I don't think so. I expect a fair amount of points in this game, provided that there's no crazy weather like there was last week, which I don't believe that's in the forecast. So if I were going to play the total, it would be over. Okay. The next one is a little bit interesting because it's blank. Uh, Baltimore is it's going to Indy. Uh, I guess, what do I show as the opener there? Um, I guess it opened it at four, I think. That's for correct, yes. And then I, I saw some fours. And then one and a half is now the, uh, the line, which, or, honestly, when I saw four, I was really excited about the Colts here. One and a half is, is probably right. Um, I'm seeing the total at 47. I don't know where you're seeing it at. Mm-hmm. So originally I was on the Colts here. Uh, they're very close in the metrics. Um, they're they're really two very good football teams that should both probably make the playoffs. The Colts' run defense is excellent, right? I mean, they, that's what the Ravens do. Um, I mean, we, we know that Phillip Rivers, though, against pressure can just cough it up at any turn. Are you are you on the Colts this week? Yeah, I definitely am. I I think that uh, Baltimore has not really proven anything in teams that are on their level this season. Mm-hmm. And while sure. I'll agree that uh, Indianapolis probably should be a tick or so below, the uh, Baltimore has only given, been getting margin against opponents that they're supposed to. I mean, you've gone yeah. back and look at their spreads this season and they're only um, three and four ATS, and they've lost some games where the spread was close. Kansas mm-hmm. City, um, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh, non-covers. Yep. So uh, this is another really close spread, and I think that Indianapolis has shown an ability to stop the run this season. And uh, I think, especially with Darius Leonard now back healthy, they should be able to shut down the Ravens and win this game. Um, one and a half is not three. But uh, right. I guess you're banking on the Colts pulling this out in a, a victory. And uh, I don't know about you, but I think they can get it done. I think so, too. I, I think that if it's all about Rivers. Is he going to turn the ball over? If he doesn't turn the ball over, they, they're going to be right in this game. 
I like the under in the game. 47 seems high uh, with these two defenses, especially the way the Colts, the way they want to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously things can change with some turnovers or pick sixes, you know, with Rivers involved. But, you know, that's that's to me the the biggest, I guess, pause on the game is that will Rivers play under control and will they be able to run the ball? Because, you know, they got to run the ball too against that Ravens front. And, True. I mean, Steelers didn't do a great job last week, but Connor ended up doing getting it late. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I definitely think the Colts are in play for the contest for us. We definitely need to check on those defensive players to see who's going to be in and out on Sunday. I think that part of this line move down was likely due to those players inactivity and potential missing from the game. So if they're in, you may actually see a little bit tick back up, and obviously that would lead us to a non-value play here. Right, right. Okay, so the next one is uh, Vegas is going to the Chargers. Uh, a nice divisional matchup here. The Chargers open as a one-point favorite, 53.5 point total. In the contest, it's down to a pick. So you just pick the pick the game. Same total, about 53 now. It's funny, you know. I I'm not. You know, I love the Chargers. We we picked the Chargers several times the last couple of years. I'm a huge Justin Herbert guy. I have been on record with that. Um. I don't know. That Vegas team is so weird. Like, they played really good defense last week. I know it was rainy in Cleveland, but that team usually doesn't play defense. Yeah. And the Chargers should be able to score. But I, and I just can't trust Anthony Lynn anymore, man. I know. <laughs> I really have a hard time betting on the Chargers, too. But you're right. I mean, the Vegas defense is 31st in DVOA. Terrible. That game last week was just an aberration. I, I'm not yeah. sure that I'm going to hold much stock in it. I think it was right. more weather-related than anything else. Right. But, uh, man, I, I really think that the Chargers have to be the side in this game. not yeah. sure that I could play Vegas here. And Justin Herbert has been awesome lately. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. He should be the favorite for Rookie of the Year. No question. And, uh, you know, the, it's just Anthony Lynn. And I don't know if I want to go to war with him, especially against Gruden, who would probably – destroy him in any sort of game of chess football so right exactly okay we'll stay away we'll stay away spot i do i do like the over in that game quite a bit i think that the chargers have shown propensity to throw the ball way more than they ever have before and they've shown trust in herbert to sling it so Mm -hmm. total over Okay, so the next one, Pittsburgh against Dallas. Uh, Pittsburgh is undefeated. They're playing incredibly. Uh, open is a 13.5-point favorite. Total all the way down at 41.5, the opener, and it stayed there. This is exactly where it opened on both accounts. 13.5 in the contest, 41.5 total point total. You know, it's an interesting spot action. I'm not going to probably take an NFC East team or Dallas, but... This is the one, I think 13.5 is too many points for this game. I know it sounds weird, but Dallas's defense is playing this much better, and the Steelers, they could win this game, you know, 13-3 to or 17-7. to You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to score. So what do you think? Yeah, this is a... I don't know if I would call it a home run, but you would never see me trying to lay these points with Pittsburgh on the road, regardless of the quarterback. I think they've already announced that Ben DiNucci is not going to make it to week two (laughs) of his career. So he's getting the boot, and it's going to be – shit, now I can't think of his name. Some um, 
Garrett Gilbert, I think, is one of the options. There's two options that I've been hearing all week. Garrett Gilbert is one of them. But it doesn't matter who the Cowboys quarterback is. This is a play against Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. Historically, you've seen them go on the road and just fail in these spots. They never cover as big favorites, and especially on the road. So I think you're going to catch the Steelers sleeping in this one, and uh, I would only play the Cowboys. Would you do it in the contest? I would. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this guy lives dangerously. I love this guy. I, I'm not sure that uh, it's going to be in the top five, but if we come Saturday morning and we need a pick, I would not hesitate to put in the Cowboys. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. How about this one? Miami, our, our Dolphins uh, going to the Cardinals. A couple of couple of darlings for the side action this year. Uh, the, the Cardinals open up as a six-point favorite at home, 46.5-point total. In the contest, it's four and a half, and it's it's up to a 48-point total, which kind of makes sense. You've already mentioned that you like the Miami defense. Mm-hmm. We know where Kyler Murray's been all year, playing very well and really covering numbers. I would play the Miami in this spot. I like them metrically. They're actually better statistically than the than the Cardinals, even though the Cardinals are kind of sexy with uh, Murray and their defense isn't half bad. But they're coming off the bye. I don't know if that makes a difference. Yeah, a little bit. Definitely give a slight edge to the Cardinals in the uh, spot, of course, mm-hmm. um, coming off the bye and Miami traveling to the West Coast to play in this game. Um, you know, we talked about it. Tua was simply not good last week. He we didn't do it for like 93 yards, and I think a big part of that was just because he didn't need to. They had a big lead throughout the game, and they obviously didn't let him stretch it out a little bit or at all. But, you know, I, I am hesitant because of the way Tua played last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, this Arizona defense is not bad. Um, middle of the road, I think they're, you know, well, actually 10th ranked according to DVOA, 11th against pass and 16 against the rush. But this Miami pass defense is third ranked. Like, they're really getting some pressure on the quarterback. And right. while Kyler Murray is certainly one of a kind where pressure may not necessarily um, get home as often with his legs. I think that uh, this is quite an inflated number, even after the move from six down to four and a half, and it certainly would lean to the Dolphins. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, how about the next one? Uh, the Saints are going to Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay is coming off the Monday night barely win against the Giants. Uh, Tampa's a four and a half point favorite on the opener at home. Uh, 56 point total. It's four in the contest. 51 and a half point total. So that dipped down. You know, it's funny. Like when I watched the game, I didn't think Tampa played very good. I just knew they were gonna. I knew they were gonna win. I, I was sad they weren't gonna cover. Unless Mike, I was hoping for Daniel Jones pick six at the end of the game. I know, right? You know, yeah. I was hoping for that. But um, unfortunately, he came down and scored to bust teasers and the total and. Uh, the second half total, and uh, well, it's a long story. <laughs> I know um, Zach or Rainmaker, as you know, a uh, little shout out for Rainmaker. He he had them as a teaser leg. You know, it felt pretty good at six and a half or whatever it was, yeah. and he, he'd lost out there. But you know, Tampa. I mean, they are the quote unquote the best team in the NFC. I guess that's what they're saying. New Who's Orleans Who's at the the football. Uh, like, that's what they're saying on ESPN when they're showing okay, them on okay. Monday Night Football. They are the best in the Wegs Index from the NFC teams. 
Um, and they, sh- they, they should get some vengeance from the first game in New Orleans, but this is kind of a last stand for New Orleans to win the division, right? I mean, if they mm-hmm. don't win this game, it's not that they can't win the division. It's just going to be a lot tougher, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is a huge game for the Saints. And after watching this offense again on Sunday, just consistently bogged down in the red zone yeah. and not be able to score touchdowns, I I had money on New Orleans, and uh, that was a bad loss against the spread in Chicago yeah. because they had every right to cover that game, and they could just not put the ball in the damn end zone. I I think that uh, the Saints offense has some serious concerns, and even if Michael Thomas comes back to play, I'm not sure that's really going to help them much because defenses are just going to key in on him. And right. uh, certainly you would expect that Sanders is going to be back this week, although I haven't seen any status updates on him either. Um, but this Bucks defense is one of the best in the league, and I think that they're going to be able to hold down the Saints offensively. And I would certainly only look to Tampa in this game. They're getting right. Antonio Brown on the field this week, and I think that's yeah. going to be a huge difference too. How do you feel about Antonio Brown inclusion? <laughs> Well, he, he's a better person. That's what he says. Yeah. He's a better uh, person. No. He's on his meds. I mean, sure he is. He's getting paid more money now again. Uh, I still think he's a nut job. I mean, look, that offense is incredible. And especially with Godwin out, I'm assuming Godwin's out again with his finger. Actually, uh, he's supposed to play. Uh, he was uh, limited in practice today, Thursday. And I think I read that Arian said he'll play between 10 and 30 plays, which is a, okay. a wide margin. <laughs> but... Right, right. I mean, if you look at that, I mean, God, when they have those three guys in the field with, with even Gronk, you know, you've got Evans and you've got Godwin, you've got Antonio Brown, who probably hasn't lost anything. Um, and and Gronk in the middle, I mean, that's a formidable passing game, dude. Um so no, I mean I like I like the Tampa side. I'm just a little bit reticent because it's one of these things like New Orleans got to win this game. You know they yeah. really do, I think. And if they want to win the division, they they can obviously make the playoffs without winning the division. But it's just who's going to take this division? You know, they're going to let Tampa. They're going to let Tom Brady come down and beat take our division. You know, and they they're also you know exchanging the touchdown record each game as they're showing on these graphics and stuff so yeah it's gonna be an awesome game it's it's really a nice scheduling spot um for the nfl so but no i think tampa's probably the way to go there yeah put it as, put it as a maybe a, yeah. a, a, a maybe I, I mentioned it earlier but i pulled it up here the new orleans red zone touchdown percentage is 62 percent and when you look on the other side tampa bay is scoring touchdowns at 77 percent and the New Orleans defense is giving up 83% touchdowns in the red zone. So right. I think that is going to be the story in this one. You're going to see the Bucs come down and punch it in the end zone. And on the flip side, you're going to see Lutz kicking field goals. Is there any anything to, like, this is obviously an anecdotal situation. The Bucs have been on primetime twice and have not covered in either game so far. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if that matters to you. Um, it, you know, I was thinking about that going to the Monday night game. I was like, yeah, you know, the last time I saw these guys in primetime, the Bears beat them, you know. Now, I do think they step up to the competition. You know, I think those mm-hmm. were step downs in a way. But I don't know. It's going to be a hell of a game either way. So, you know, Brady missed a ton of easy throws on Monday night. I, 
I yeah. remember thinking like five or six times, like, what the hell? He just missed a wide open receiver. He had Miller in the flat, um, the flat sometimes, and yeah. just threw it way over his head. So I fully expect, I expect that Brady's going to be on point this Sunday. Okay. Okay. There's our ambulance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right on time. <laughs> right. All right, last game on the card. Uh, the Patriots go into the Jets. The Patriots have lost how many games straight? Four, three, four now. Uh, they're seven point. They open a seven point favorites on the road at the Jets. Forty one and a half point total. In the contest, it's seven and a half and up to a forty two and a half point total. Man, I mean, God, I I can't back the Patriots. I mean, uh, as bad as the Jets are, this team's terrible. The Jets stink, but. This is their Super Bowl, man. They can beat New England. New England's on the way. They're they're on the mat, baby. I mean, Cam Newton, obviously, who he was bad again last week. Um, I mean, they almost came back. They almost came back. Obviously, they played decent in the second half, but yeah, if it wasn't for his fumble, if it wasn't for that fumble, he was going to tie the game, or the, the Pats were going to tie the game there. So, are you saying you're in on the Jets? <laughs> You've been trying to get me to do it for weeks. <laughs> How many times have the Jets covered this year? Once? Uh, uh, I think you may be right. I can pull it up here and peep. I mean, seven and a half points. Here's the yeah. other. Here's the other really interesting thing that I've heard from more than one person this week mm-hmm. is that the New England's playoff chances may be shot here. Um, yeah. They're what two two, and two wins? Is it two wins? Holy shit! Two wins, dude. Yeah, they haven't won since week three. Or week and four. Uh, you know, regardless of seven teams, maybe eight getting into the playoffs this year, I think that Belichick is understanding that this team is not going to go anywhere come playoff time. And right. what better way than to drop a game to the Jets mm-hmm. so that Adam Gase keeps his job? Hey. <laughs> And B, it gives a chance for the Jets to get out of that first pick and avoid having Trevor Lawrence in the division and having to face off against him for the next decade plus. So he's going to lose to the Jets so they don't get Trevor Lawrence is what you're saying. Possibly. But <laughs> he doesn't have to lose. All we need is the Jets to cover seven and a half points. Well, which... I mean, look, it's the right side action. I get it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about even – well, two weeks ago, that that was the cover, wasn't it? I think it was two weeks ago because last week was against the Chiefs, 19 and a half or 20, and, of course, the Chiefs still covered. Mm-hmm. But the week before, if I'm not mistaken, that's the Buffalo game when they were up in the first half. I kind of see like a same scenario. Hey, we're the Jets. We can, we can win. We can beat. I mean, they played decent in the first half against Buffalo. They did, yeah. And it's not like Cam's not turning the ball over, and that's the problem with Josh Allen, my MVP for next year now. Um, you know, it's just – I think the number is favorable to the Jets. I don't know if you're going to get me to take it in the contest. That's all. Yeah. It is a super low total. I think 41, right? Uh, well, I, I see 42 and a half. 42. I see, okay. Where am I? Yeah, I see 42, you know. Yeah. Low total, big number, and you're right. That one cover against the Bills gives them one in seven ATS on the season. <laughs> So. <laughs> all in they got that going for them <laughs> they do they do all right well let's you know let's review our options here so getting into the circuit picks we went three and two last week better than we've been doing a little bit mm-hmm. better 
through uh, through eight weeks, we're 22 and 18, 55%. That's winning at the casino. It's not winning in the contest. Um, but we, you know, we're 841st right now, which isn't terrible. And then yeah. the second quarter was rough though, 1499. That was not good. Um, so we're starting a new quarter. Let's let's hit the ground running. We've got two quarters to try to make some cash. I, I think we have a chance. Um, it looks like when we review, uh, we probably we, we could we want to stay up with the Chiefs, even though I put that in there. Probably yeah. uh, we like Miami uh, with the four and a half. We like the Colts getting the one and a half at home. We can't take San Francisco. That's going. That's going. Washington, you're not on board with me on that one, so I can't put that down. And we split on Denver, um, yeah. but we're both on Buffalo at home plus the three plus the three points. So we've got some some dogs on the card. Uh, we'll have to get some favorites on here at some point, hopefully. Maybe not. I mean, it's the dogs have been barking. Dogs. It's a dog 2020. <laughs> Although. <laughs> We'll see. That may come back around, but I, I wouldn't hate having 500 dogs on the card. We'll see. What <laughs> What would you say, who would be the, the better pick for you in the dog category? Dallas, 13.5, or the Jets, 7.5? Both home teams. I would say Dallas. Okay. Gotcha. We How did you, talk about your Tampa, answer? Being, Tampa being – what's that? I would, what's I your would answer? Think, I think Dallas is, is okay. the better. Yeah. Okay. But – I mean, we've talked – the number's pretty good. Seven and a half for the Jets at home, Monday Night Football. Let's play some ball, right? Cam Newton's not playing good. Belichick's playing games like he's playing three-dimensional chess or something. Uh, I guess one of the favorites we discussed was Tampa, so that's that's a potential. And then off the, the top of the card, we didn't really hit a lot of favorites. Maybe Minnesota, I guess. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, we've got some options here. We've got some options. Uh, oh, I didn't see Houston. Oh, I, I forgot. I, I see. I, I see you slipped that on there for me. There, yeah. actually, I missed it. I put it in there, but it was probably a little bit of a brash decision. I think it's better that we pass that one, like we discussed. Yeah, we we have to burn that. It didn't exist. So <laughs> burn after reading. So. All right. Well, I mean, we've got some options. We'll definitely check it out. We've got to check the COVID news. We'll ch- touch base again on Saturday. We'll figure it out. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I don't have a game this weekend, so you okay. can call me anytime you want, buddy. I'll hopefully not be, you know, doing something crazy, which maybe I will be partying somewhere and, you know, some speakeasy somewhere. The, the Weglar speakeasy is open. Today. <laughs> Just for our listeners, though, you have to tell that the code word is side action. Code word side yeah. action. Well, we're heading off to Pinehurst in the morning, so maybe a little bit of uh, golf Saturday. But regardless, we'll find some time to chat and finalize these picks. Cool, cool. Have you played golf this year? Uh, it's been a while. Uh, over in July, I think I got a round in, but oh, good. It'll be a little rusty. Is Melissa gonna play? Yeah, but she might hit a few. She might putt oh, a little, ride along. That's awesome. Ride along, so. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and thanks for subscribing. Dad, please subscribe, okay, if you listen to this thing. <laughs> come on, uh, Dad. Come on. Mark Roberts does it every friggin' week, dude. He's he's the first guy. He's the first download. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, no, follow us at SideActionPod on Twitter and also on YouTube. Follow me at Wegspool on Instagram and Twitter. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, everybody. Good luck with this week. Later. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. 
We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.